It's my pleasure to be able to uh, introduce a man who really needs no introduction here, Bob Burroughs. Uh, I was a, um, I've shared my testimony many times of uh, my conversion, how the Lord saved me when I was 18. And uh, I had the great fortune to be uh, uh, ministered to, to be mentored immediately by, uh, by the pastor here, Bob Burroughs. And so uh, I have uh, Bob to thank. Uh, the Lord used him to put deep inside my heart a love for God's Word and a desire to teach and understand and communicate God's Word. And so, uh, Bob, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for your ministry, and we look forward to hearing from you. Well, that was half my message. Just just to tell you what uh, God has done and watched. What a pleasure to be here this morning. You know, it was 30 years ago, nine months and 30 years and nine months ago today, January 1st. Hard to believe that Parkside Bible Fellowship had our first service in this building. It's changed, but things change. You know, uh, I'd encourage you to uh, look around and uh, we see ourselves differently. You know, I look in the mirror and I go, you know, not bad, you know. <laughs> and, and I turn sideways. <laughs> you know? So it, it is a world that we're living in. Um, I don't know if I can say our missionary's name, but uh, to see what God has been doing. And it's changed. You guys know from France to Eurasia, you know, and seeing God move in ways that we couldn't fathom 30 years ago. You know, and um, some of you were here then. Some of you weren't even born then. Some of you weren't even married to have children that are here this morning. You know, and so it's a, it's a great joy to know that even in the midst of change, there is one who doesn't. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In a world that the standards change, and, you know, I was amazed at the slides this morning in Sunday school, and, you know, the uh, I heard and you didn't uh, share, but uh, 11 hours a day on social media is the average. You know, I'm, I'm going, that is unreal. And, and it was a factual statistic that they, that they shared. And so we're, we're here this morning uh, to remember what God has begun and continues to do in the lives of his kids. I really appreciated the worship this morning. And uh, when I was in seminary and um, we had to, do the evangelism explosion to learn how to share your God, the gospel, you know. And they said, if you were to die tonight, that was one of the diagnostic questions. Uh, what would you? And God asked you why I should let you into heaven. And then you're supposed they they are supposed to answer. Well, the song we just sang, Jesus's blood speaks for us. What a God that we can come. And share, you know, back in 1965, before I believe became a believer, uh, we five. Now this is for the older people. Sang a song. I woke up this morning, and you were on my mind. You know, and God brings back. I, I never learned those words. I thought, 
but they're up here somewhere. You know, and now I sing this song, I woke up this morning and I'm old. You know, I really, I mean, you look and you, you realize that time marches on. And as Brennan shared um, about those years ago when he was still playing baseball at CCHS, shortstop, I think, and um, we would actually have discipleship with a couple other brothers and they always wanted to beat me up. You know, <laughs> but that's a story for another time. But really, this morning, what I'd like to do is to have you take your Bibles. We're going to turn to the book of James. And we go to a church that they encourage you to get your, your um, what do they call those things? Uh, your pad, your, uh, there's a word that they use, apparatus, you know, and, and uh, because, you know, I heard... Brian says, now don't say anything you don't want to have go over the internet. And I go, what is the internet? You know, you just go, <laughs> you, you don't realize how everything's changed. But if you have your Bibles, turn over to uh, uh, James. And if you see somebody next to you that doesn't know exactly where James is, that's okay. I can guarantee you, all of us didn't know where James was at one time in our life. So if you see somebody, you know, help them out. So Eric, help your dad, Danny, you know, find the book of the Old Testament. Good way to memorize those uh, verses, I mean those books, is to say James is right after Hebrews, right before First Peter. Okay, and First Peter is right before so good. You guys are right on it. Okay, Second Peter. And so we're in James chapter 4. And I want to sing us another song. You know, and I was going to have Woody come up and, 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 and lead us, but it's pretty easy. Uh, it's a uh, CEF song. Oh, the screen's coming down. Um, in our older, advanced age, Contrary to our missionary, I would encourage you, us more mature believers, if you're young or, you know, and not so old, even if you're old, we have a ministry that is the most important, I believe. And that's the ministry of prayer. The ministry of prayer. We had our... Uh, um, Family weekend up at the roundup up at Cowboys Rest, and the whole emphasis was prayer is the work, prayer is the key. You know, and it was some of our staff came and, you know, next day I said we gave them um, uh, lanyards with a little key on it because they need to be reminded that we have that privilege to intercede for what's going on around the world, for what's going on at Cowboys Rest, for what's going on right here in Fallon, America. You know, and we should be interceding and believing that God is still at work. All we got to do is listen. God is on the move. Whether it's in Eurasia or in Africa or in Jigs, Nevada. You know, Chris and I, our ministry has changed a little bit over the uh, last 21 years. We just finished 21 years of uh, camp ministry. And it was phenomenal to see junior hires. And the, uh, on Thursday night, the night before camp's over, didn't want to leave. And to hear them worship. And they go, this doesn't happen. But God came. And God moves. 
and we need to be ready for God to work. And so Chris and I have been um, had the privilege to go back to our roots. You know, I kept thinking of uh, my bag, if you were here, you know, uh, 25 years ago, and telling the kids' story. But we're teaching Bible Club in Jiggs, Nevada, to our granddaughter's class or her school, all 11 students, you know, one-room schoolhouse, and to have them come to Bible Club. But we teach them the Bible. And so we're going to sing the song. And it's, it's sort of an easy song. It goes, the B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me. I stand upon the Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. So you got the words, really easy. You don't, they're right up there. So let's sing it together. The B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me. I stand upon on the Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. And what does that spell? The Bible, okay. And you go, yeah, that's so exciting. But do I really stand on the Word of God? Do I really come to God and say, God, speak to my heart. Show me where I can stand on what you're showing me. You know, and and there's another song that most of us have taught our kids, uh, or we've learned it somewhere, but it's Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible the what? The Bible tells me so. And it's great to have the apps and have everything, but it's great to have just a hard copy. You know, a hard copy of the Word of God and to be able to know what it says. To hide it in our heart, that's even better. To hide His Word in our heart that we may not sin against Him. But you guys did so well on the Bible. Let's sing, Jesus loves. I wish the little ones were here. I was uh, listening to Michelle's grand. Oh, she's here, still here. Smart girl. No. <laughs> and to hear her singing out, you know, um, to just be blessed by hearing our little ones carrying on what we have invested our lives in. Them, but most important, the ministry that God has given me. So, let's sing it together. Jesus loves me, this I know. The Bible tells me so. Little ones to Him belong. They are weak, but He is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Great truth. Some of you weren't singing, but I'm not going to point you out. Because yeah, I can see up here. But uh, what, I, what I'd like to do is before we get into James We need to always go to the God of the Word before we get into the Word. So would you join me in prayer and ask the Lord to speak to our hearts this morning. Don't need that verse until the very end, Ron, or Woody. Okay, let's pray. Father God, we want to come this morning just asking you to be our teacher. Father, speak to us from your Word. Thank you for giving us your Word. Father, because we know that it is your book for us to read, 
to love, to cherish, to memorize, to share with others. And so, Father, we would just ask right now that you would do just that. Speak to our hearts, not just to give us more head knowledge, but to give us a heart to be obedient to you. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, James chapter 1. What's it about? This is, I mean, this is great stuff. I love the Bible. You know, and Chris would say, but you should be in it more. Yeah, and she's right. But uh, when you start talking about, you know, I love singing about how much Jesus loves me. I love realizing that, you know, that he has separated um, me from my sin as far as the east is from the west. That he knew all of my days before there was but one of them. And all the good stuff that's there. And then I'm reading and I get to the book of James and it's really practical. And you go, and no wonder Luther had, uh, Martin Luther had such a hard time with it. You know, it talks about being a doer of the word, chapter one, and not a hearer only. You know, and uh, here's one that's really convicting is this is pure and undefiled religion that you visit the orphans and the widows, for this is the will of God. You know, and there's lots that we need, I need, to be obedient to. Chapter 2. James chapter 2. Anybody know? Amen. The balance between faith and works. Faith without works is dead. Show me your faith and I'll show you my works. Remember, faith works. It's by faith. Faith that we've been saved, Ephesians chapter 2 says. But he has given us works to do, not to be saved, but to do, to show that we are saved and we know him. Chapter 3, this is a hard one for me. It's so hard that Deborah Clifford made me a tongue that I would always, when I'd share at camp, and, you know, because it's just the taming of the tongue. And who can do it? No one. Only God. And I'd have the, to the, one of our staff people would run out with this tongue on and he'd tackle me, you know, and, and, and it was pretty bizarre. But <laughs> nobody can tame the tongue but God himself. Chapter four. That's where we want to be this morning. We're going to be in John chapter four and it talks about the cause of quarrels. Among you? You know, and it talks about greed. But really in John chapter, I mean, James chapter 4, it talks about the, the issue. Not just the issue, but the control issue. Who's in control? God is in control. We say it, but is he? The way I act? You know, I'm not too sure in my life. Matter of fact, I'm sort of a control freak, you know, and God in his grace takes you and puts you in situations that you're out of control, not out of control in the sense of going berserk, but not hands-on. So the first time in uh, 21 years, Chris and I had the privilege to go to Rwanda for three weeks and to work with kids in the slums. And there's open sewage right there where they live. 
and there's no electricity. And, you know, you go on and they go, but I'm the pastor, you know. And, and God just took us out of control, left Cowboys Rest, and it was the best summer we've had with the staff that God provided, you know, and you just go, Burroughs, you know, you're still not learning after 48 years, you know, of walking with me that I'm the one in control. And that's what we want to talk about this morning. So if you have your Bibles, we're in um, James chapter 4. Let's begin with verse 13. And if you really read it together, because what knows the thoughts and intentions of our hearts, our wives, our husbands? No. It's the Word of God. Hebrews 4.12 says what? Yeah. It's alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, able to... Uh, anyway, the judge, the judge of thoughts and intentions of the heart, the bone and marrow. And uh, he is the one that has given us his word. So read it, and let's read it together. Beginning with verse 13. He says, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we shall go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and also do this or that. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such blessed boasting is evil. Therefore, to one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him it is sin. You know, I've read that verse for, well, maybe not every year for 48 years. Uh, walking with the Lord, and I go, yeah, I know that. And he says, well, why haven't you let me control your life? Well, I did. All the time. All the time? Yeah. Every moment of every day is what God's intent is. So let's just look at those verses together. He says, come now, you who say today or tomorrow... We shall go to such and such a city, spend a year there and emerge in business and make a profit. Now, maybe we're not all in business, but Chris and I left Parkside in very reliable hands um, in 1995. Not just because John Duncan was here and Woody was coming and was here, but we left it in God's hands. And he is blessed. And we went to Elko, Nevada, and we were going to start a Christian camp. And we have, by God's grace, four years later, because there was some stuff I needed to learn. I needed to make things right with the Lord. I needed to make things right with our oldest son. You know, and then God allowed us to have Cowboys Rest and to sit there and, and watch it. Uh, and what God has done. And I would encourage men, if you can make it to the uh, men's retreat. Um, I don't know if Mike's been shooting this year. He always uh, says he's not, and then he does. You know, but uh, we're hoping that uh, you would come and, and just enter into the uh, teaching time uh, around God's Word. But we thought we'd go and start a ministry. And God says, yeah, that's the plan, but not right now. So uh, come, you know, it's a control issue. I'm going to run my own life. I'm going to go up there and start a business, start 
Cowboys rest. I want to be in control. Anybody there like that? Well, let me read two poems and I'm going, oh, great. You know, um, I don't read poems well. I didn't have Simi Travis for English as our, our daughter did. But um, these are two poems. Most of you have heard this one, I would think. It's called Invictus by William Henley. He says, Out of the night that covers me, black as the pit from pole to pole, I thank whatever gods may be for, the, for my unconquerable soul. In the fell clutch of circumstance, I have not winced or cried aloud under the Longings of chance, my head is bloody, but unbowed. Beyond this place of wrath and tears looms but the horror of the shade, and yet the menace of the years finds and shall find me unafraid. It matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishments the scroll. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. And we read that and we go, what an arrogant guy. And we're going to see that's exactly what God calls us when we try to control our own fate. Listen to um, the response from her name was Dorothy Day. It's the beginning of the 20th century. For those of you who have learned after 2000, that's we're in the 21st century, I think. You know, who knows? And But she was at the beginning of the 20th century, and uh, it's called Conquered. Uh, it was in an article called Invictus Redeemed, and I like that title, Invictus Redeemed. She wrote, out of the light that dazzles me, bright as the sun from, from pole to pole, I thank the God I know to be for Christ, the conqueror of my soul. Since... His, the sway of circumstance, I would not wince or cry aloud. Under the rule which men call chance, my head is joy, with joy is humbly bowed. Beyond this place of sin and tears, that life with him and his the aid, that spite the menace of the years, keeps and will keep me unafraid. I have no fear Though straight the gate, he cleared from punishment the scroll. Christ, Christ is the master of my fate. Christ is the conqueror or the captain of my soul. Wow. Why did it take so long for her to write that? Why haven't I read that before? Christ, we teach it, we preach it, we even sing about it. But is he really? Have I really just given my life and said, God, you have to do this? And he says, well, after 48 years, it's about time. Now that you let me have control. But those are uh, two poems that, you know, just had uh, been used through the, through the years. Um, William, um, William uh, Winston Churchill, uh, the guy who bombed Oklahoma City uh, when they were putting the injection into his arm. He says, I'm the master. I'm the ma- I'm in control. 
you know, and you just read about those things and you go, but so often that's my heart. And that isn't what God uses. He's looking for a heart that was his. And so we find ourselves in verse 13. He says, come now. Who's really in control? And then he says, yet in verse 14, yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. You know, and I was going to try to have a hot plate up here with some vapor and it just, where'd it go? You know, uh, have you ever been out in the windy day and uh, Jesus said, you know, talking to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, he says, you don't know where the wind came from and where it's going. You don't know what your life's like. So why are you trying to control it? And those are great questions we need to ask each other. Ask ourselves, am I in control? And I bow my neck, bow my neck and go, yeah, I'm in control. And the Lord just says, well, take another lap around Sinai until you get out of the desert and realize that I'm in control. He says that um, in Job 7, 7, um, Job said, my life is but a breath. My life is just a, and I'm gone. I remember my parents saying, we're here today and gone tomorrow. You know, and we have all lost people or know people that have uh, um, just died like that. Or went through the struggles of life. And God called them home. I can't look down at Karen right now because I think of my brother, John, and what God began and continues to do because he had a heart and God says, you know, come home. How many people I've buried with melanoma cancer? And I go, why me, Lord? And we don't have the answer, but we think we do. We think we can control the situations. Psalm 144, verse 4 says, Man is like a mere breath. His days are like a passing shadow. Wow. You know, and if we would just stop and, and you know, the, the Pharisees used to have the frontals on their, on their forehead to keep the word of God in front of them. But if we just would, you know, I guess we have the technology today to have a... Uh, uh, those things you put in your eyeballs for I don't have to wear glasses. Contact lens. That would, uh, <laughs> that, they told me I was too old to get contact lenses. You know? And I said, okay. But you can do one with the one eye and one with the other. And I go, no, just leave me alone. You know, but you could get a contact lens that says, my God is an awesome God. And you'd see that all the time. I don't know if that's technology. But we need to remember. We need to keep it before us. We're but a breath. We're a shadow. Listen to what uh, Psalm 103 uh, says, what we're like. It says, great verse, we sing a lot about it. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless the Lord. In uh, beginning with verse uh, 13, it says, um, Just as your father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he himself knows our frame. And here we go right to Psalm 139. It says, He knew all of our days before there was but one of them. 
He says he knows our frame and he is mindful that we are but dust. We're just a vapor. We're just a shadow. Then he goes on and he says, as for man, his days are like grass. As the flower of the field, so he flourishes. When the wind has passed over it, it is no more. And its place um, acknowledge it, acknowledges it no longer. It says, we're gone. It's just a moment in the twinkling of an eye. We just had a huge wreck up in Elko. Very tragic um, because some of our people that we know... But uh, the mining industry, they bust their people back and forth to the mines. You might have seen it. It was uh, pretty big news. And if you looked at the pictures, uh, it looked like the bus was just sideswiped by, um, by an ore truck that was coming down from the, from the mine. And, but in reality, the belly dump, if you've seen those, you pass those big old trucks going down the road, or they've passed you sometimes when they're empty. And... Uh, they're in a V-shape. You know, and they come down and the wheels are down here. Well, the side swipe that you see in the, uh, in the paper, in the pictures, was really not the case. Half of the truck went inside the, um, the bus that was carrying the miners. We have uh, men um, that their children came to camp and that sharp metal siding on the bus well it killed one uh, uh, miner who was ready to go home his uh, daughter wrote a uh, thing on Facebook I guess I don't do that but uh, you know saying that he knew the Lord but we had um, uh, two of our kids that came to camp their dad an older brother dad uh, had his leg cut off from the sharp metal and lost an eye the boy had um, was thrown up against the windshield of the bus and broke all the facial um, bones in his body. But we don't know when God's going to you know, call us home. One of my best friends went to bed and woke up in heaven. Still mad at him, you know, for, for leaving me, you know. Uh, he was my hunting partner and, uh, you know, we had dogs. and uh, But, you know, today... Is the day that we live. Jesus reminded us that in Matthew chapter 6, 31 through 34. He says, uh, Do not be anxious what you shall eat, what you shall drink, what you shall wear, for the pagans go after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Can anybody re- uh, finish 633? It's a great memory verse. Hide it in our hearts. But seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things, and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of itself, in itself. You know, sometimes we make plans that we need to, first of all, say, God, if you're willing, and that's what our next verse says, He says, if uh, you are arrogant, he says, you're just a vapor that is here a little while and vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and also do this or that. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance, all such boasting, all such boasting 
is, excuse me, is evil. Well, we just sang about it. The B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand upon the Word of God. What does the Word of God say about our lives? Does he say, well, you're going to get out of the Air Force and you're going to go fly for Southwest. I like to put you on the spot, Donnie. It's okay. You know, he doesn't say that, but he leads. He promises to lead. So why do we try to figure it out ourselves? Why can't we just give it over to him and watch him work? I know when Will, we had the privilege, our uh, youngest um, who's stationed down in Little Rock, they're the ones, uh, his church started the ministry that we went to Africa with. And he said, why don't you guys come? You know, your response, it's a, sort of like a compassion ministry. And uh, he says, you're already sponsoring a little girl. You could go over and meet her. Uwasi. You know, and after meeting her, we changed her name. We didn't change it. We just said, Uwasi the Wild. You know, <laughs> but I mean, and she's been out of the slums. She goes there every, goes home every night. You know, and we said, no way, Will, we couldn't come over to Africa. You know, this was the last February. He said, well, just pray about it, Dad. I hate it when they do that. <laughs> you know, and, and they, and uh, pretty soon, you know, we're saying, well, I can't really travel. I'm getting old. I got... Uh, um, deep vein thrombosis in my legs. And he said, God will open the door if he wants you there. The same way when we uh, go to Euroasia and, uh, and teach. You know, you go, how can we get over there? And God always seems to open the doors. You know, and um, it's amazing to watch him do the work. And we don't have to be arrogant because there's only one explanation. There's a five-letter word. We're going to play hangman here. Okay? Five-letter word. Anybody want to play? What? It doesn't start with a J. It's not faith. C. T. No. X. X. Eh. Yeah, you're out. It's the explanation for everything in our lives. It's called grace. I think it's funny. R-A-C-E. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, grace. That a girl. Thanks for playing the piano, by the way. I was blessed again today. It was, it's grace. You know, God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace. You know, and how much grace does he have? Just a wee little bit. You know, and you were just lucky to make it to Africa. It was a coming home that was so hard for me. I got sick eight hours before we got on the airplane. And I told Will, I said, you get me on that airplane. I might die on it, but you get me on it, you know. And I fell down going up. They don't have, um, and you guys who have been there um, in um, Kigali, that they don't have jetways. So you got to climb up into, you know, a 777 Boeing, or these were actually uh, Air France, two stories. You know, so I start going up and just get to the top. And the Lord's so good. And I just go, whap, 
There I go. I'm okay. <laughs> and I mean, it was the best thing probably that could have happened, most embarrassing thing. But boy, for the whole flight, there were the stewardesses and the stewards were just, Mr. Burroughs, are you okay? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I asked Chris, I'm a, I'm a big sympathy guy for me. You know, I'm not real compassionate for anybody else. But, uh, you know, he is the one who is in control. He is the one who opens the doors and shuts the door. Then why do we try to control our lives? Because that's the way I was brought up. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. You know, and you've been dealt a, a, a bad hand, but suck it up. You know, pull yourself up on your own bootstraps. You know, and I believe that. You know, and there's lots of scars because I believed it. You know, and we, uh, the joy of seeing people that make the right decisions. Trust God and His grace. Listen to what the comparison is. A shadow, like we are, a breath, a vapor. Paul said this in Colossians. Colossians chapter 1, 15 through 17, talking about Christ. And he is, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, rulers or authorities, all things have been uh, created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. That's our God. And we go, I think I can do a better job. You know, we do. We, I mean, I say it all the time. I remember Tim Ruth teaching us that song right here in the sanctuary. The visible, the, um, the image of the invisible God. Jesus Christ. He wants to lead our lives. But instead, I find myself wanting to lead my own life. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, most of you have memorized that. He says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. This is God talking, you know. It's what's so neat about the word. God says a lot. We got to be in it, you know. There's even, I guess my phone talks to, you can have an app that can read you, read for you. Um, but he says, uh, my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor my ways, nor your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And yet, I think I'm more than who I am. And when God searches throughout the whole earth, Second Chronicles 16, 9, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking for any man, any woman, any boy, any girl, whose heart is steadfast, towards him. He wants to show himself strong on their behalf. I know those verses. I'm just going to bow my neck and do it my way. That's the choice today. Am I going to continue doing it my way? Wait till you get old and broken down and, and you go, can't do it my way anymore. But you know, even then, I find myself wanting to do that. You know, I think of Pam Whitkaiser and, you know, I had a, uh, 
uh, knee replacement. And I know what she's going through. You know, and I, I might just swing by there and say, it's all good. You know, a year and a half later, you know, I don't know her circumstances, but God knows. You know, and we need to trust him. So who are you going to call? Who are you going to trust today? I hope not. Not ourselves, but Jesus Christ. I want to close with uh, Psalm 119, verse 37. It's a verse that uh, we have claimed over and over again in our lives, in our children's lives. Screen one up again. So in the meantime, <laughs> it, it says this. It says, turn my eyes from looking at worthless things. And the most worthless thing I can look at is myself. Turn away my eyes from looking at vanity. Um, I didn't check with Rochelle which one to use. But worthless things. And revive me in whose ways? Your ways. Revive me. Now, revival happens because there was life at one time. And if you're here this morning and you're saying, well, that sounds all really good, but if you have never been vived, <laughs> I guess I was looking at Simeon, not an English word. <laughs> but I'm looking and saying, you know, if you haven't come to Christ, then you can't be revived, but we can all start this morning. If you know him, Quit looking at yourself, trying to control your outcome. God will work. And if you don't know him, then give your life to him and he will take and look at his ways. You know, there's still men and women, boys and girls in the U.S. of A. that need Christ. That are going through hard times. We want to close with a word about Carter Carter was a boy at our junior high camp and at Cowboys Rest getting mail from home is a big deal. You know, and if you get three, and a lot of parents know this, and you know, if you get three or more, you have to come up and sing a song. You know, like I'm a little teapot, short and stout. You know, and that just dumb stuff. It's fun, you know. Um, but Carter uh, was at Dawn Patrol that we, in the morning, it's not uh, mandatory, but it's an option. And uh, Chris and I were going out and praying with the kids, and we'd always end with saying, well, sit down or stand by, you know, the person next to you and, you know, pray for them with our staff. So I said, Carter, how can I pray for you? He said, well, I got a letter today, I mean yesterday, from home. I said, well, that's sort of cool. And he says, no, they told me that when I got home, Dad and uh, Mom were getting a divorce. Send him a letter saying, we're going to, when dad, we, dad won't be here when you get home, you know. Instead of saying, eyeball to eyeball, son, you know, we're working this, trying to work this, I hope they're trying to work this out, you know. But um, they're going through tough things. Connor was another one the day before. He said, you know, my parents are getting a divorce, it's sort of hard, but they've been divorced before, you know, and you just go, hurt. It's so sad, you know, to see what our young people are going through. 
what our old people are going through, you know. But uh, we have a God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he wants us to remember him as Brennan is going to come and, and share um, in communion. What a privilege. That's what it's about, to remember what he did, his blood, his body. For moi, that's French. <laughs> so, God is good. Join me in a word of prayer, and Brandon will come and officiate for us. Father God, we do come, realizing in my life I just confess my arrogance and realize that you still love me because of Jesus. I just pray that I would be continually reminded that it's all about Jesus and not about me. Father, guide our steps. Let us know that you are leading. You want to lead. Help me get out of the way. Father, thank you for